time, weather, and... Welcome to Road Trip Radio, the only station that is dedicated to families currently on a road trip, thinking about going on a road trip, or who don't plan on going anywhere because they spent all their travel money on a new backyard swing set. That's right. So whether you're celebrating summer with a road trip or a swing set, we are here to take a closer look at all there is to see and do in our 10 provinces and three territories. I'm Caitlin Howden. And I am Pat Kelly. And on today's road trip, we are landing on The Rock, the great and iconic province of Newfoundland. For the next 30 minutes, we will be celebrating all things Newfoundland and, of course, Labrador. Get to know Newfoundland and Labrador. Newfoundland is the youngest province, having waited until 1949 to join Canada. The province was named in 1497 by explorer John Cabot, whose birth name was actually Giovanni Caboto. He is said to have changed his name because he thought it would get him more acting work. Strange fact, until the 20th century, there were no moose on the island. In 1904, two breeding pairs were brought from New Brunswick, and now there are about 150,000 moose roaming the rock. The origin of the name Labrador is kind of a mystery, but the strongest theory is that it was named by a 16th century Portuguese explorer, João Fernandes, who was a wealthy landowner, which in Portuguese is a Lavrador. Others think it was named after the dog, which is for sure the wrong way around. And there you have it. That's a little bit about a really big place called Newfoundland and Labrador. Also on today's show, we talk with one of Newfoundland's most famous comedians, Mark Critch. We get slobbery with their most famous export, the Newfoundland dog. We learn a lot of Newfoundland words. And as always, we are going to check in all day with our roving reporter, Peter Oldring, who is in Newfoundland. So why don't we do that right now? Uh, Peter, are you there? (laughs) Yes, Pat. Hello, you have me. And more importantly, I have you. And where are you, Peter? I'm actually standing at Cape Spear, uh, of course, which is the most easterly point in North America. And I must, I must have a caveat to this. I believe I'm in Cape Spear. Uh, and what's it like there, Peter? Yes, it's very foggy. Probably one of the foggiest places I've ever seen. Uh, I, I literally am holding my hand in front of my face, although my eyes can't tell me that. It's, it's, I can't see my hand. So in other words, it's stunning. And Peter, do you plan on doing anything from there? Any traveling from there? Gosh, um, that sounds fantastic. I'd love to. Um, But I'm having a bit of difficulty right now simply finding the parking lot. I'm looking for the rental car would be helpful, uh, the keys. I mean, I'm literally having difficulty finding my hand to my pocket. I mean, I I believe that's my pocket, but I I could be in a crowd and not even know it. So I need to be so cautious here. Okay, Peter. Well, uh, we wish you good luck uh, finding your car, and and we'll check in with you a little bit later on in the show to find out uh, what you're doing in Newfoundland and or Labrador. Yes, thank you. Now, okay, how do I hang this up? I can't see the... uh... Okay, there we go. Is it off? Where's the button on this? What am I touching? Oh, sorry. Is that somebody? Out on the road, road trip radio. Hey, Canada, 
Roll up your sleeves and get ready for the cool new series from the creators of Ultra Chef Junior and Top Designer Teen Edition. It's Inked Canada Junior, the show that proves age is just a number when it comes to tattoos. Come join us as we visit the country's only parlor where little tattoo artists give tattoos to other kids. Meet the artists. Uh, my name is Kyle, and I'm nine, and I love giving tattoos. Meet the clients. Um, my name is Sarah, and I'm 11, and I want a big tattoo of a pony on my neck. <laughs> and meet the parents. Uh, I'm Sarah's dad, and, uh, you know, if my little girl wants a pony on her neck, well, <laughs> who the heck am I to say no? Oh, thanks, Dad. Inked Canada Junior. Experience the excitement of tattoo culture through the eyes of a child. Tattoos are really cool because it's like you're putting a drawing on someone's skin. Inked Canada Junior. Oh my gosh, honey, what a great pony tattoo on your neck. It looks fantastic. Dad, I don't like horses anymore. I want a tattoo of Corey Taylor on my back. Only on Road Trip Radio. This is you doing quizzes on the open road with us, Sophia and Zoe. Whales, tall tales, spuds, and buds. Let's hit the road. You want to go? Go. Let's go. All right. Okay. Cool. Fine. Let's hit the road. Yeah. Hey, Sophia, what do scrunchins, neeps, and jillicks have in common? They are Newfoundland slang. Like many places, Newfoundlanders have their own lingo. But not many places can say they have a local dictionary. The Newfoundland English Dictionary catalogs all the local slang from that salty rock in the Atlantic. Let's flip through it and see how many definitions you can guess before the clock runs out. This is how it'll work. We'll say a word and give you four options for definitions. But beware. (laughs) The true answer is hidden among three fake definitions. How many can you guess right? Number one, what is a Towton? Is it? A, a small pile of beach rocks. B, a traditional fried bun, usually served with molasses or maple syrup. C, an armored vest from the 1600s. D, a type of handbag. If you said B, a traditional fried bun, you were right. I could definitely go for a Towton right now. Number two, what is a Bayman? Is it A, a fish local to the St. John's Harbor? B, a Newfoundlander who comes from outside the capital, St. John's. C, a person who specializes in fixing rollerblade wheels. Or D, Newfoundland's version of Batman. A Bayman is B, a Newfoundlander who doesn't come from St. John's. Fun fact, someone who does come from St. John's is called a townie. Next, three. Scrunchions are A, a 90s hair elastic. B, a boiled oyster. C, crispy fried pork bits. Or D, a mischievous forest nymph. If you said C, crispy fried pork bits, you're on the money. Four. Neeps are A, turnips. B, little nipples from a goat. C, what it's called when someone pinches you. Neeps. Or D, a small bug that enters your house in wintertime. If you said A, turnips, you are right. What is duckish? Does it mean? A, somewhat like a duck. Quack. 
B. To feel frustrated. C. Describing the time between sunset and dark. Or D. When you're ravenously hungry. You're feeling duckish. If you said C, the time between sunset and dark, you got it. All right, next one. What is a gulvin? Is it A, a gallbladder specialist? B, a pygmy seagull? C, a tugboat? Or D, the stomach of a codfish? If you thought that one sounded fishy, you were right. The answer is D, a gulvin is the stomach of a codfish. This is only a fraction of the words you'd learn if you went to Newfoundland. Just talk to a Newfoundlander. A Bayman or a townie. And now, In Conversation. If you're a fan of comedy or own a television, then you're likely already very familiar with our next guest, Mark Critch. He's the star of This Hour Has 22 Minutes, but what you might not know is that Mark is also from Newfoundland. And apparently, being a famous Newfoundlander can get you into some pretty cool spots in Ottawa. Hi, Mark. Hi there. Thanks for joining us on Road Trip Radio. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So tell me, what is it like growing up in Newfoundland? Newfoundland is a great place to grow up. People are very friendly. Scenery is great here. It's, it's, as a kid, you get to climb hills, go out in boats, see icebergs and whales. And, uh, it, it's a lovely, happy, safe place to grow up. Do you know a little bit about cutting out fish tongues? Well, uh, you see, one thing that Newfoundlanders eat is cod tugs. And uh, I, I'm not a huge cod tug fan myself because I don't like to taste anything that can taste me bad. <laughs> so, Mark, tell me, um, how did you get interested in comedy? So when I was 15 years old, I was in a high school here in St. John's. And I went down and rented a local theater with uh, three of my friends. Uh, and we had to rehearse during the day and build our sets during the day. So uh, the only way was, was to play hooky, was to take off from school. So I'd go down to the uh, uh, the principal's office, and I'd ask to see the uh, list of announcements and, uh, they, and, and uh, write my name on it. So then when the announcements came over the uh, PA system, it'd be things like, well, uh, congratulations to the boys' basketball team for winning the uh, – regional uh, finals. Uh, the winner of the science fair is Rob Noseworthy. And would Mark Critch please come to the office? And then I'd have a put my foot on my bed. Oh, no, there's trouble at home face. And walk down the stairs and out the parking lot, back down to the theater to open up for show night. So, uh, yeah, so when I was 15, I, I, I was doing it nightly in, in St. John's doing comedy. That's amazing. I can't believe you got away with that. Yeah, a lot of the teachers, I found out later, uh, a bunch of them, knew about it uh, because I had been posting posters around the school. So uh, I kind of gave myself away, but they kind of, I was doing okay in school. So they're like, oh, there goes Critch uh, tipping off from school today. Uh, oh, well. And then they would actually come down and see the show. Some of them. <laughs> well, if anything, it's, it's an incentive to get on the honor roll. You know, if you it can is, get on absolutely. the honor roll, then you are, you, you have great things in your future. That's right. One of our favorite parts of This Hour Has 22 Minutes is when you are in our nation's capital, Ottawa. Do you have a favorite story from there? Absolutely. One time I was up there, we had been filming all day, and it was uh, one of the MPs up there said, Hey, Mark, have you ever been to the 
up, up in the peace tower, like up in the actual where the big clock is and everything? I said, no, I haven't. He said, look, well, an MP, you're allowed to go anywhere. Come with me. So he went up, and he grabbed his friend who was a, uh, a, a kind of custodian there. And then the next thing I know, we're behind the big, giant clock face, you know, that uh, uh, for people that don't know, it's kind of like the Big Ben part of, of Parliament. And we're behind there. I'm like, oh, my God, behind the clock face. This is amazing. This is as high as you can go. I said, oh, no, you can go higher. So we start going up these stairs, and we keep going higher and higher and higher until we get to the very top where the flag is and this little tiny space. And then he pops open the top and we, and I'm sticking out and I'm hanging off the flagpole on the top of the peace tower at night. And I think, well, this is the most amazing thing. I never thought I'd be here. I feel like King Kong. This is amazing. So we go back down, we start climbing the stairs down and we get to the clock face again. And there's a little elevator that gets you up that far. And all of a sudden the elevator starts making this whirr sound. And then the uh, custodian and the MP say, oh, no. oh, boy, oh, this isn't good. I said, what's the matter? And who, who could possibly be coming up that elevator? It's like, there's only one person who'd be uh, coming up that elevator. I was like, who? Like, That'd be uh, the cops, the, the Mounties. Oh, no. And uh, so then as the, the doors opened, I was just shouting like, no, 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 it's just me. I'm just a clown. Don't, don't, get, don't arrest me. <laughs> and so they, they took us. They said, you can't be up here. This is ridiculous. So they uh, were going back down the elevator, and then the, uh, the the Mountie's kind of mad, you know? And then he said, wait a minute, you're from Newfoundland, right? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm from Newfoundland. And he said, did you know that Newfoundland has its own book of remembrance in the Hall of Honor, which is there are books there with the names of, of all our uh, fallen soldiers. And because Newfoundland joined in 1949, we got our own book because we weren't in the other one. And I said, no, I did, I did not. And he said, well, okay, fine. Well, you had to see the Hall of Honor. So he stops, and he stops the elevator. We get off on this floor. He unlocks the hall of honor. He takes me, and he shows me the book. I stand there. I get my picture taken. Now, everybody, back in the elevator. I'm kicking you out of here. And I thought, you know what? This is the nicest way I've ever – I've been kicked out of a lot of places. But this is the nicest way, the most Canadian way I've ever been kicked out of anywhere. Now, every time I'm going to look at the Parliament building now, I'm going to imagine your face just above the flag. (laughs) Way up there, yeah. Um, Okay, Mark, one last question for you. Um, What advice do you have for kids who are listening who maybe want to get into comedy themselves? I would say just do it. Do it. Like, don't think about maybe I'll do it or what if I do it. Just do it and do it in front of people. And the first time you do it, it'll be intimidating and it probably won't go that great. Or maybe it will. Who knows? Don't let that scare you. Get out there. Do it again. Especially when you're young, just go do it. You're going to have a great time. That's lovely. I love, I'm going to take that advice and I'm a 34 year old woman. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, this is a wonderful, wonderful interview. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a good one. With more Road Trip Radio. I'm Caitlin Howden, and this is Pat Kelly. And today we are checking out all things, obviously, in Newfoundland and Labrador. But before we move on, I just want to take a minute to encourage everybody to check out our Instagram and Facebook account. I know I've been having a great time seeing everyone's photos that they're sharing with us. Absolutely, Caitlin. There's been some real doozies. I think some families have been really creative with the stuff that they're posting up there. And so we just really want to encourage that kind of interaction. Hashtag 
me, hashtag you, hashtag. Well, they could actually li- use our, our actual hashtag, which is road trip radio. Yeah, or you could just hashtag it, hashtag all, hashtag fun. What else? Hashtag summer. If you've got uh, some photos that you'd swimming. like to share with us, we have hashtag an Instagram account, smiling. a Facebook page, and also a website. Hair, Check us out nose, at Road Trip eyes, Radio. Hashtag pics. Hashtag. What am I missing? Hashtag this. Hashtag that. Hashtag. Oh, uh, Pete! We forgot about Pete. Oh my goodness! You're right. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, back to Newfoundland. Let's. Why don't we check in with Peter Oldring, who's actually in Newfoundland right now? He's actually at Cape Spear, uh, having a bit of a doozy of a day, I think. Still, uh, Peter, are you there? Yes. Hello, Pat, uh, and hello, Road Trip Radio listeners. Um, uh, you found me once again in the fog, but I, I do have some exciting news. There was a brief period of time where I was out of the fog, but then uh, actually for reasons that are re- relatively complicated, I had to go back in the fog. Why is that? What happened? Well, I had made it to what I believed was my rental car, uh, again, in this very thick fog, and it wasn't until I had driven for about 10 kilometers that I realized I wasn't in my car. I was in a 1962 Ford truck, uh, which, of course, is not what I rented. I had rented a 2004 Alero. Um, I, I attribute it to the fog, but nevertheless, I, I have returned uh, the truck to where I believe uh, I got in it. And, and now, again, in this fog, I'm, I'm trying to find this rental car, the Alero. Peter, out of curiosity, how did you get the keys for this uh, truck? <laughs> Spoken like somebody who's clearly never been in a fog. <laughs> huh. Okay, uh, well, Peter, we're going to check in with you and hopefully you sort this out and uh, you can find your rental car and return the keys to whosoever truck that was. Uh, but uh, best of luck to you and, and we'll check in shortly. Yes, absolutely. And, and, I, and again, I thank you. I thank you. Uh, do I have GPS? Do you know where I am? Uh, using with the phone that I'm on, does, do you know where I am? Sorry, can't help you, buddy. Okay, I'm not scared. Okay, take care, Peter. For our next stop on the Newfoundland road trip, you're going to need a plane. We're off to the United Kingdom, where Emily Elias has been finding out about one of the province's most spectacular exports, credited for saving lives around the world. It's the Newfoundland dog. I'm going to start this story with a little confession. Up until a few days ago, if you told me that a dog could pull 12 people through the water by itself, I would call you a liar. But I am wrong. Very, very wrong. It's just I hadn't met one of the most incredible dogs to come from the province of Newfoundland, the appropriately named Newfoundland. Newfoundland dog looks like a bear. I suppose it's the best way. They're not a bear, but they look somewhat like a bear. They're very big. They're about, the biggest one I've had is about 36 inches to the shoulder, so similar to a Shetland pony. Um, a big tail, fluffy coat, and I might say very attractive and nice looking dogs. That's Dave Pugh. He used to train dogs for film and TV shows, but 28 years ago, his life took a very different direction when he got his first Newfoundland. Called Thomas, and we just went up to holiday in, in Scotland. Thomas jumped out the van, 
across three fields into the River Tweed, telling me that he wanted to be a water rescue dog, basically, without that thought in mind. So I had to um, obviously learn it's a different form of dog training. Since then, Dave has been working with other Newfoundlands and their owners to create a charity called Newfound Friends that teaches dogs how to save lives. And just to show me how impressive this dog is, he's brought me out to a giant chain of lakes in the west of England called ready? the Cotswolds. Frankie, ready? Ready, Frankie? Ready, Frankie? You ready? Where is he then? Where is he? Go! Waiting on the banks of a lake that sits next to a really busy highway is a giant brown Newfoundland wearing a harness around her chest. Her name is Bee. And after a few soggy hellos, Bee completely ignores me. And she turns her attention towards two trainers floating in a grey dinghy, waving for help in the water. Wait, ready? Go! And just like that, Bee is off. She leaps into the water and starts snaking her way towards the two men in the boat. And in a matter of minutes, she grabs onto a rope they cast out and she pulls them back to shore. Her trainer, Ellie Bedford, watches from the banks. They're such big, strong swimmers um, and they've got webbed feet, which helps them swim through the water, um, similar to like a duck. Um, They've got rudder-like tails, um, thick double coats, which keep them warm and keep them buoyant, similar to like a wetsuit, traps a layer of air between. Um, And they also swim with all four paws and swim a breaststroke rather than a doggy paddle, um, which just makes them so much stronger um, in the water. B makes it look effortless. So to understand why these dogs are so good at water rescues, you have to go back in time over 500 years to when explorer John Cabot sailed from near Bristol, where Dave lives, to Newfoundland. No one knows the exact history of the Newfoundland dog, but the talk is that the discovery of Newfoundland was long before that. The, the story goes that the fishermen knew many, many years ago about the prolific fishing and cod banks over there. European fishermen took dogs from, from the Portuguese water spaniel, um, the Pyrenean mountain dog, the English mastiff, and those dogs were left on the island, the interbred, and basically the Newfoundland dog evolved from the European dogs. And uh, that's why you've got a big, strong dog, powerful, good swimmer that can earn his keep by helping the fishermen pull the nets in and those kind of things like that. Ellie's been training Newfoundland since she was 10 years old and is now in school to become a veterinarian. She was originally terrified of the water until she met a dog named Wiz. David trained him up and he knew what he was doing and he decided to pair me up with him. Um, And then eventually um, it got to the point where I was so confident in Wiz that he would be there, that I was happy enough to dive out the boat without my life jacket on. You know, I, I got the qualifications I needed to work alongside him. You know, and it's hard to explain to someone the bond that we had. You know, it's, it's difficult, but I just trusted him with my life. Ellie wasn't alone in her trust in Wiz. Wiz worked alongside lifeguards and emergency services, and in total, he helped save nine lives. One of the rescues with two little girls were on the beach with their parents and family, and they wanted one of these little inflatable dinghy things just to play with by the sea and all of that. So they just kept pestering their parents and um, eventually gave in. Basically, they just floated out on the tide and the parents didn't notice until the last minute until they were way above the horizon and everything else like that. And by the time Wiz got there with the boat and the lifeguard, the, 
the waves caught them, boat caps, a lot of boat caps out there too, seven and eight-year-old girls in the water. And then obviously Wiz jumps in, rescues them, and it, that was the most remarkable rescue. And if it weren't for Wiz, those girls wouldn't be alive now. Wiz passed away a few years ago, but after his death, he received a special award from the Queen for his service to his country called the Order of the British Empire. He's one of the very few dogs to get this honour. He sounds amazing. He was amazing. He was truly amazing dog. Yeah, he was. You know, you can't, sometimes in life you can't express or put into words you had to know and do that. And it's like Ellie. I mean, he inspired Ellie and her life will be dictated by that moment when she first went in, when she wasn't that confident, she wasn't that sure, and she gained the confidence from Wiz, and she is where she is today because of that situation. So it's not just, although the rescues are paramount and really fantastic that he achieved, it's also the fact that he's inspired people and their lives and changed their lives and situations. That's an animal, that's not someone else doing that. And that, to me, is remarkable. Dave and Ellie, along with the dogs at Newfound Friends, go into schools and teach kids water safety. Dave says after spending decades of his life with these dogs and traveling to the province of Newfoundland numerous times, he's come to realize that the laid-back attitude and hard-working spirit of these very special dogs encapsulates the province of Newfoundland perfectly. For Roadship Radio, I'm Emily Elias. For so many ridiculously cute photos of Newfoundland dogs and their amazing feats, head to our Instagram account at Road Trip Radio. Road Trip Radio Community Calendar! It's now time for the Newfoundland and Labrador Community Calendar brought to you by these crazy kids. Woo! A warning, only one of these events is real and it's up to you to decide which one it is. In celebration of Canada 150, admission to Gros Morne National Park this summer is absolutely free. <sighs> Think about all the junk food you can buy with the money you'll save. In one week, it's the Newfoundland province-wide game of tag. If someone comes up to you and says, tag, you're it, guess what? You're it. The province is sponsoring Give a Fish a Phone, a charity that shares cell phones with the less fortunate, fish. And that's the Road Trip Radio Community Calendar brought to you by these crazy community kids. Yeah! Road Trip Radio is made possible with the support of our sponsors. Rat Hats, Hats for Rats, Grandma's Skateboard Academy, and Feldman and McDonald Personal Injury Lawyers. Hey everybody, Diamond Jack Feldman here. Have you injured yourself because of someone else's negligence? Then give Feldman and McDonald a call. We're personal injury lawyers with over 25 years of experience in fighting for your rights. And we guarantee that you don't pay unless we win. Of course, uh, you know, if we don't win, it really shakes our confidence. Uh... You know, because everybody really does love a winner, but uh, a loser, well, it's really the worst feeling in the world to lose a case. And I, I gotta be honest with you, I should know. I have over 25 years of bitter experience doing that, so, I don't know. 
Yenny who don't settle for a legal team that doesn't care about your expenses. At Feldman and McDonald, you don't pay unless we win the large cash settlement you deserve. You know, on the other hand, if we if we lose, and we probably will, if you get a dummy lawyer like me, you know, you know you'll get zilt, zip, zero, nada. And I have to go home to my wife and say, honey, you married a loser? And she says, yeah, I know. And it's like a knife in my heart, uh, you know, every time I don't win an illegal case. And it's, it's, I don't know what's wrong with me. I really don't. <sighs> okay, right. So Feldman and McDonald Injury Lawyers, it's our business to win. You know, at least it used to be, anyway. I have got to get a new partner. I'm not kidding. Did you hear that? Oh, it's killing me. Hard to believe we're already near the end of our time exploring Newfoundland and Labrador. It has been a great look around. We've loved every minute. My name is Caitlin Howden. Next to me is Pat Kelly. We'll see you in the next province. Uh, Drive safe. Caitlin, I'm going to interrupt you there. I, oh? I really do think it'd be important if we checked in one more time with Peter Oldring, who has had a horrible day stuck in the fog, don't you think? Peter, are, are you there? You bet. I'm here, man. I'm here. Uh, well, good. You sound uh, positive. Is there any updates there from uh, Newfoundland? Absolutely. Got some great updates for you. In fact, uh, the fog has lifted. I repeat, the fog has lifted. Uh, and it was a funny story at that point that I realized I was actually standing inside someone's kitchen. <laughs> I don't know how I got in there or, or why it was so cold in there that I believed it was outside. But regardless... Uh, yes, uh, they pointed me in the right direction. I still feel badly about where I parked that Ford truck, um, which was also in their uh, kitchen. But regardlessly, they pointed me to uh, the right way and very friendly people. I'm in my rental car as we speak, and I am headed towards Gander, where I cannot wait to regale you in the fun I will be getting into in Gander, Pat. That's fantastic, Peter. You certainly sound enthusiastic. Uh, I, I do have some bad news for you, though. Unfortunately, we're out of time uh, in this episode. So, Gander might have to wait. Really? I mean, I'm literally only three and a half hours outside of Gander. I'd, I'd really love to have an actual piece of, of good content that I could offer to the program today, Pat. Is there any, any way we could just extend the show a little bit, at least till I get to Gander. No, unfortunately, Peter, you spent a little bit too much time in that fog today, and uh, we're <sighs> out of time, so. Uh, you could still go right. to Gander. Uh, oh, no, forget it, forget it. I'm in another fog bank here. Shoot. Okay, no, forget it. i got to pull over here and just wait. All right, well, good luck to you, Peter. I hope he's okay. Oh, he'll be fine. You know Peter. Once he gets to Gander, he'll just pop a bottle of Chardonnay, draw himself a bubble bath, and he'll calm down. Well, in that case, then we'll leave you today with the sound of a whale backing up. It's just beautiful, isn't mm, it? I love it. See you in the next province. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Road Trip Radio has been made possible by the Government of Canada and is produced by Kelly and Kelly Creative and Sumo Audio. 
Research by Matt Masters, Janice Tufford, and Leslie Johnson. With contributions by Dave Shumka, Brian Short, Paul Tedeschini, Sophia LePage, Zoe Robertson, Grant Lawrence, Jen Bohm, Naomi Sneekis, Matt Barham, Mike Balazzo, Sandy Jobin Bevins, and the Road Trip Radio Kids from Arts Umbrella in Vancouver. Yeah! Keep listening to Road Trip Radio, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Yeah!